0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another spoiler review episode of the Bad Batch from the Geek Buddies. <laughs> hey! hey, we're back. To talk- <laughs> All right, we're back to talk episode five uh, rampage here. Uh, we're going to be spoiling the episodes. We talk about it over the next probably hour. Maybe slightly a little bit more, hopefully maybe slightly a little bit less, but we're going to be talking about the entire episode here on uh, The Geek Buddies, uh, and let's introduce ourselves before we get going. I am the outlaw John Roca, writer, producer, and host here on The Outlaw Nation. Mike? I am Michael Vogel. I'm a writer and producer of animated TV shows and
1: movies. Jan? Jan?
2: And this is Shanna McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor where you may have seen me on Modern Family, House, or way back when on My Name is Earl.
0: That was yeah. a show from many years ago. You and Danny Glover on that show. I love that episode. <laughs> uh, and joining us once again every week like she is so uh, very nice to do, the great Laura Kelly. How are you, Laura?
3: Doing wonderful. Thank you Woo! so much for having me again, gentlemen. I'm excited to talk about this episode.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty good episode. Okay, by the way, can we take a moment to like give some love to Laura's background? She's been working on that, and it is absolutely stellar. It looks per- <laughs> it's like filled in, but not too filled in, so it feels very warm and inviting. So good- shout out to Laura. Thank you. I'm glad buddy. you
3: can't see the bottom because all of my like visual dictionaries have been strewn about my room, and now they're just in a pile on the bottom shelf. So would we, would we call keep that keep it here?
2: Would
1: we call that force shui? Oh boy! Yeah, there
2: you go. I like great. it.
1: I like How it. How you feel like? <laughs> I feel oh. like
0: we should not we should yeah. not. <laughs> wow. Oh, he doesn't write okay. in on, on Sunday mornings, does he? I'm just asking. All right, let's <laughs> uh, so today's uh, today's episode is rampage uh it is directed by brad rau and Stuart lee the writer is uh, Tamara Tamara betcher hope i'm saying that right and the story editor was mike Miknovitz. uh we're gonna go around the horn and s- tell you what we overall thought of the episode then we're gonna dive into the spoiler uh part of this episode so you know what i'll just say it now last warning before we get into the spoiler stuff vogel please take <coughs> it away what'd you think of this episode five rampage uh i think for a lot of reasons this episode is great
1: uh i think yeah. it's really fun I think it is really funny. It's probably maybe one of the funnier episodes of Bad Batch we've gotten so far. I think that uh, it looks gorgeous. I mean, the animation, the character animation, all of Mm -hmm. the animation just continues to really impress. And I think as we've been talking about in the last few weeks, we are now seeing the Bad Batch be a bit more active and have goals. Like, after Fennec Shan showed up last week, Mm -hmm. they now have a reason to actively go do something as opposed to sort of being on the run or playing catch-up. And as we were saying with last week's episode, once you see them with a goal, even if it's not going to be ultimately the goal of the season, it makes them feel a little bit more active. So... Uh, tons of Star Wars Easter eggs, tons of Clone Wars Easter eggs, uh, a, a, an adorable alien that rivals Clink from last week. So uh, lots, lots to talk about. And uh, I think probably aside from the premiere itself, this is my favorite episode
0: so far. Wow! Wow! Give us some love to the old mooch there, uh, Laura Kelly. Overall, what are your feelings on this one? We go to Ord Mantell. We meet Sid. We got Moochie. We got all this stuff going. We got slave traders. We got uh, you know Omega picking up a certain weapon that it might have uh, allusions to something else called the Night Sisters. Like, what is your overall thought of this uh, episode?
3: I loved all the Easter eggs. This was a super fun one. I mean, picking up that bow, we actually got a little glimpse of that in the trailer. I went back and mm. watched, and I think we're down to like maybe one or two episodes we haven't seen yet. Everything else we from the trailer we've already seen. Mm. Um, but I I love uh, real Perlman, <laughs> Sid. As yeah. soon as I heard her speak, I was like, is that matilda's mom like that's my (laughs) that's my point of uh (laughs) of reference but it was so that was really fun and i'm excited to see more of her i expect we will see more of her throughout this season um but yeah this was a really fun one i loved the weapon uh being picked up i love the little lo-fi we get from wrecker at one point there's little like background stuff happening in this episode that just makes everything so much fun to watch and i think that that's it's sort of been a thing this season for this show, and I hope it continues to be so because it's just fun. It just makes it so much more fun.
0: Absolutely, and Shannon, two weeks in a row now we get a action heavy episode at least. in the back end, what did you feel about this overall episode? You were watching it yourself.
2: It, this felt like an episode of the A Team, which I think, which I say in in <laughs> the most complimentary way possible. Like as I like it. as as a story engine, like this this is what I would want from the show is that this is the first time since the pilot that the bad match have had a legit mission to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think from there, uh, that just kind of sets the groundwork for like, all right, this is how I hope the show is is going forward is. They need something. Someone else offers it to give it to them, but they have to do something for them first. Um, Yeah, I thought this was a blast. The action sequence at the end was really, really good, like a lot of a lot of layers to it. Um, Yeah. And hearing hearing Carla from Cheers (laughs) in the background, literally as soon as she popped up, I was just like, oh, my gosh, that's Rita Perlman. Um, Yes, this episode was a blast. I would agree with Mike that from outside of the pilot, this this would be my favorite episode.
0: Yeah, certainly I echo everyone's sentiments. I think this was a fun episode to watch for sure. You know, it could have wandered dangerously into monster of the week or creature of the week type stuff. But I think you make a great point, Mike. Giving them a goal makes you attach them, having them try to accomplish it, having them try to solve a mystery here. Instead of just running and trying to escape from anybody, they actually have a purpose now to figure out what the deal is with Omega, why Fennec Shan came after her and what have you. And I think the A-team is absolutely appropriate to make the connection to and maybe sid will be the one uh to to let you know that if you have a problem if you can help and if you can find them maybe you too can hire the bad batch all right <laughs> yeah. let's jump in uh, to this uh, all right so we're heading to ord mantel uh, tech is putting on crosshairs a comm device on omega she plays around with it as a child naturally would uh we're heading to see sid who they had heard from the other jedi with someone that they had worked with or could be trusted during the Clone Wars. They want to find out why a bounty hunter is coming after Omega and Ord Mantel. They land and we walk through some like Blade Runner slash anime looking underworld city, which I think is very well designed. And for those of you who know who what Ord Mantel is, you know, it's a hotbed of criminals and bounty hunters. A ah, Han Solo makes a reference to it, Empire's tricks back, and there's more, of course. Uh, we walk down into this bar. Uh, they don't know what Sid looks like. They ask a Trandoshan there about Sid. She tells them they came to the wrong place and very forcefully tells him they came to the wrong place but omega figures out that this Trando ocean is sid uh and as as uh, as uh both um uh laura and shannon mentioned it is ria perlman and where else would you find carla from cheers but in a bar uh also omega we've settled this now i think in this moment She's Force-sensitive, right? I mean, stop lying to me. She's Force-sensitive here. It seems pretty clear because she could figure out who Sid was. Uh, Sid tells them they had a good thing going with the Jedi, that the Empire's cramping her style after they walk into her office. Her office is full of all kinds of weapons, which we'll talk about in just a second. The Batch want to know who hired Fennec Shan. She says you'll find out once you complete a mission for me. She schools them on a missionary game, compliments Omega for her brain's and record Omega have a cute little high five in that moment or a cute little hand slap, which I think is brilliant. And uh, uh, Sid tells <laughs> them that she wants a child saved from the Zygarians. So, uh, Michael, uh, this is a heck of an intro mm-hmm. to a character and a heck of a beginning to an episode. And it has shades of the Mandalorian, this idea of having to complete a mission to get uh, some information here or some credits. What did you think overall about this beginning?
1: Uh, Well, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, look, the Bad Batch and I mean, I've seen some people online sort of uh, maybe critique the fact that Filoni, between Mandalorian and Bad Batch, clearly likes this sort of mission of the week mercenary style story. But you know what? It works great for Star Wars. It allows us to have a great standalone mission of the week that builds and builds and builds to a bigger story. So uh, as long as he keeps delivering on the Star Wars goods, and as long as the team on Bad Bad Batch keeps delivering it, I think it's a great, to Shannon's point, that A-team format is a great format. Yeah. Um, Really quickly with them on the Havoc Marauder, I just, as a writer, I love when a comic bit works really well, because mm. co- like like the comic bit of them being like, hey, this is just for communication, or this is just for missions. It's, and she's like, great. And she's talking into it and they're like, it's not a toy. And she's like, it's not a toy, got it. And then a few minutes later, <laughs> to have her in the background off camera and come through and be like, he has a point. like. It's one of those bits that if it's done wrong, if the timing's not right, if you're not staging it right, you're like, "Ugh, that's a cheesy joke. And they managed to make it work really, really well. And, like, that's just where you're seeing in this episode that as much as this is an Easter egg, sci-fi, action show, like, Bad Batch is really delivering on some really strong character comedy that mm. helps make you fall in love with the characters. Um, sure. I just wrote in my notes, fuck, Orc looks nice. Like, it looks <laughs> great. Yeah. Like you just to your point, to your point about that whole blade runner-esque kind of alleyway shot, they're really nailing this. Uh they did it last week as well, with mm. this sort of uh a little bit of classic Star Wars, a little bit of prequel art direction blending together to give us almost this sort of middle ground of Star Wars, uh, which makes sense because the prequels were the prequels and the new trilogy is later. And we are now in that area that from a timeline standpoint is between the two. So watching the art direction sort of blend those two worlds as we watch this transition into what we know of as the original trilogy, super smart. Um, really quickly on Sid, in addition to just being an amazing character, I think that Star Wars is doing this really interesting thing that um Dungeons and Dragons, as a brand, did recently as well, where they're taking alien species that used to always just be bad and giving us different uh, uh, levels of them so that you're not stereotypically saying an entire race is evil. Because Transocians, you know, whether it be Bosque or kidnapping Ahsoka and younglings in uh, Clone Wars, traditionally are seen of as bad guys and hunters. And now with Cid or Jedi Master Master Skier in the High Republic, we're seeing sort of new levels of Trandoshans, which I think is really, really fun. Um, uh, Some great moments in the whole Cid thing. Uh, I love just sort of additional, we're seeing each week from different perspectives, this this was what life in the Republic was, Mm -hmm. this is what life in the new empire is, and just really doubling down on everybody sort of scrambling to figure out where they fit into this new world order. Um, I love her, her uh, insult to the clones. She's like, are you fresh out of the tube? Which is a very <laughs> clone-specific insult. Um, I love the idea. I love seeing the Bad Batch move from soldiers. As I was saying, as they're trying to find their place, uh, to this A-team analogy, they are moving from soldiers into a mercenary role. Yeah. And that yeah. does seem to be uh, where we're going to be taking them. Uh, tons of Easter eggs in her office. Uh, clone yeah. helmets, Mandalorian helmets. A crossbow that Omega sees that she kind of like locks in on. Uh, I don't know that she's force sensitive. I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on that a little bit. Oh, I think sure, that okay. she is heightened senses. Absolutely. Yeah. Like whatever whatever they've done to this clone, yeah. uh, you know, is she a is is there a if Hunter is a master tracker is Omega actually a level up that she can sense the subtleties of somebody's uncomfortable. And it's like, I don't know force sensitive, but heightened senses uh, a lot more going on with her. Is she the better version of crosshair, the better version of Hunter, all of that remains to be seen. And yes, uh, the low five that she and Wrecker have is the most adorable of adorable things.
0: That's true. The low five is great. Yeah. Laura, what do you think about this? Is Michael Vogel wrong? Or am I right? Is she force-sensitive or not? Anyway, tell me what you think about this whole opening here overall. What's your feeling?
3: I go back and forth every week. It was like Mm. my theory after the first episode. I'm like, she has to be force-sensitive. They figured out a way to do that. That's awesome. I can't wait to see where this goes. And then I just change my mind every week, and I don't know. (laughs) This is one where I'm still not sure. I think if it's not force-sensitivity, which I still think would be an interesting story, Mm. um, it might be like... The thing with Hunter is they think that he can track like land or he can track people or something mm-hmm. based on like the vibrations of the land. I think that she has like a heightened intuition, like heightened and in- she's just she's extremely intuitive. We've seen it now time and again in this episode or in this mm-hmm. season so far. Um, so I wonder if it maybe is just something like that. But the fact then that she also picked up a blaster for the first time and fired mm-hmm. it, we've now seen her pick up this crossbow type weapon i think we're probably going to see her use that in the next episode probably the clip from the trailer um but i i think that yeah i'm going to keep going back and forth until i get an answer and i'm starting to feel like as much as i was impatient Hmm. at the beginning of this season to get to that answer i'm starting to wonder if maybe it's going to be like our sort of cliffhanger like the last scene of the season like she's going to start to figure out who she is, what she is, and what that means. Um, And then maybe we'll start to see more of that play out in season two. But I do think that uh, this episode in particular was really fun. It was really funny. They are putting the humor to use in great ways. I love how we're starting to see signs of uh, not only Hunter sort of playing the primary parenting role, but Echo Mm -hmm. playing the secondary parent role. We see him sort of Stepping up, if Hunter's happens to be in the lead, he's kind of standing back, keeping uh, an eye on Omega, which I just think is really adorable. (laughs) Um, Because again, I, I was sort of worried of like, where is Echo fitting in in this group? And we're just seeing more and more like how well he is adapting, I think, to being in this squad. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that he can probably relate to Omega a lot on that level, which I just really love. Um, Mm -hmm. The Trandoshan point, I think Michael made was great and I didn't even think about that because we saw that in The Mandalorian where we're sort of redeeming the Sand People on Mm -hmm. Tatooine. I love that we're sort of playing that out uh, with the Trandoshans as well. It'll be interesting to see if they do that with any other uh, characters or species or droids or what have you, right. um, as the season plays out. But Sid is definitely an interesting character. The fact that she was an informant for the Jedi during the war, mm-hmm. uh, it was a story I would have loved to have seen play out at some point, but the fact that we're going to get to maybe get, I don't know, a little bit more information as we see more of her throughout the season, like who exactly in the Jedi order did she work for? Which of the yeah. Jedi generals did she work with at any point? Right. Um, And again, yeah, the the scenery in this episode is amazing. I was just watching a video the other day of George Lucas talking about the prequels and how they have to come up with like a different setting for every planet and how much of a challenge that is. And the fact that we have just like the top tier animation, people working on this show, like the fact that everything just looks beautiful. Yeah. It's so cool. I just feel very privileged as like a Star Wars animation fan. Um, yeah. That we get to see all this like beauty every week um, and how see how well they execute just every little thing in the background from the little high five that we see mm. um, Omega and Record do to like just the sort of beautiful combination of Again, the prequel in the uh, the original yeah. trilogy kind of vibes that we're getting from the background stuff. So yeah. overall, really enjoying the beginning of this episode.
0: Cool, yeah, Shannon. I mean, a lot here is uh, referenced. Obviously, Michael talked about the Easter eggs in there. Uh, there was a clone pilot's helmet just to just add on to what Michael added. Blasters that resemble Jango Fett's blaster, a wampa horn, and there's apparently a very large pelt. Is that a Wookiee pelt? Oh my god! But like <laughs> when you're introducing a new character like Sid into the Star Wars universe, it can be something you know. We saw in Mandalorian some of those characters get introduced and people immediately rebelled online against uh, it, but it seems like Sid's one that kind of sl- uh, slides on in here and does a really good job of establishing who she is. And Rhea Perlman does a fantastic job as the voiceover actress, giving her immediate life, an immediate sass, and immediate alpha dog status over the Bad Batch.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely I hadn't thought about it until Laura had said it. But, you know, Bad Batch kind of, you know, sprang from the Clone Wars. Are we going to get the Sid show that springs from the Bad Batch? I would love to see how <laughs> Sid interacted with the Jedi, uh, you know, kind of off the books. I mean, I think that's and, and the fact that the Jedi would use an informant, I think, is really because, you know, we think of the Jedi as sort of, you know, the venerated honorable, honorable group. but It's like, oh, no, they have to work. They have to back channel as well to get yeah. things done. I mean, I think that's really interesting. Um, To the omega force sensitive nature of it all, Um the only time I really kind of bent to Laura's theory was in, was in the second episode when when she went to go get that ball, and I'm right. like, oh god, this is when she's going to, you know, this is when she's going to uh, force push uh, an, an animal. But ever since then, I'm like, well, I I I I don't think the the what we're seeing leads to her being force sensitive, but also I don't think. Lucasfilm would go back to that well because you know we had that in Rebels they find the force sensitive Ezra we find that in the Mandalorian when they find the force sensitive child I don't think that they would do it a third time I think I think what Vogel said is probably right is that she's an amalgamation and probably one up from from the clones which leads me to and this is something that I didn't notice maybe you all did um but as they're walking into Ord Mantell Mm -hmm. And the Bad Batch have essentially are kind of surrounding Omega as they're walking in. I had never noticed the red trim on Omega's outfit until Mm -hmm. she was surrounded by all of the Bad Batch. I was like, oh, my gosh. So she got that outfit from the Kaminoans Mm -hmm. and she blends right in with them. It was like, okay, this was meant to be like she was supposed to be with them from a design standpoint. And hopefully by the end of the story that we find out. That's where she was supposed to be. Uh, uh, that d- by design, yeah. like she was supposed to be with the with with the bad batch. Um, also, I mean, I, I that that moment of her on the comlink of you know he's got a point uh, to make a comic bit like that work. Um, you know, you have to get her out of the screen, mm-hmm. and because you know they they emphasize to her twice emphasized to her twice like the com link is not a toy and then we basically move on and they start talking about sid and how are we going to do this the tone changes and then (laughs) whatever echo says you hear this you know the the com link come on it's like oh god that is a solid that's a solid callback from less than 90 seconds ago and it totally works and i think this this many episodes in now to the bad batch i mean one of the one of the things that when uh, you really have kind of your characters dialed in is if you can look at a script page and cover up the names and you can just read the lines and you know, who's speaking. And at this point, I fully, fully believe that you can do that with the yeah. Bad Batch characters. Yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah. Enjoy. I enjoyed this opening as well. I echo everything everybody said, enjoyed the look of it, enjoyed how they went through. this. I, I, I also a little bit chilling how they're already kind of mentally moving past order 66. Uh, when i think it was a uh, 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 tech who says you mean all the jedi who were killed uh is that who we should listen to this person who worked with the jedi who were all killed so we see that everybody's moving on week by week from that situation and trying to figure out how to function in this world uh one real quick uh, easter egg i saw i found here i didn't know this but apparently sid might be the latest in the long line of star wars final fantasy cultural exchanges people are making reference to this because. You'll see in the video game uh, characters named Wedge and Biggs in Final Fantasy. Uh, And so Bad Batch seems to be maybe nodding to that by featuring Sid, which was a character who appears in almost every Final Fantasy game. So that could be something that could pay off later on down the road. Uh, and uh, let's move on here. Let's go off. We're heading off to the mission. Uh, Wrecker's head issues reappear. There's no way that's not going to lead to something down the road. They've referenced it too many times. Uh, Omega is schooled on what a slave trader is and says it's not right. I think that's a little foreshadowing there for where she might have to do something or make a decision down the road. Uh, uh, after they go out and kind of survey uh, where uh, the Zagorian's, uh, Zagarian's layer there, and how they got it set up, uh, uh hunter sends omega back to the ship the bad batch bad batch head in hunter assigns each one of their duties they uh monitor 12 uh, zagarians and two patrols on speeders but we see a creature slithering or possibly flying in the background echo after he goes up top to be like their eyes and ears gets taken out by it and then the batch is taken out fully by the rest of the zagarians uh, as Sid, we go back quickly to Sid, who is talking to Bib Fortuna. What do you know? <laughs> who seems to be needing Moochie, the old Mooch for Jabba the Hut. The Zagarians board the ship. Omega notices them, escapes out the front, then heads to the city to see the bat the batch is captured. All right, Laura Kelly. We got uh, we got some references here. We got some maybe little Easter not Easter eggs, but seeds being laid uh, for what might be coming later on down the road. I heard you react to the Wrecker head issues, what you're feeling about uh, Omega talking about the slave traders and that it's not right, and then her ingenuity to get out of the situation and go and survey what's happening there to the Bad Batch. What do you think about this whole sequence?
3: Oh, I think that what is coming with Wrecker is going to be sad, and that is not going to be fun to watch. Um, yeah. I imagine that we're gonna, there's going to be some sort of tragic resolution to this. Hopefully it's one where it involves them somehow knocking Wrecker out and getting the chip out of his head and then mm. going through the the process of trying to figure out how to remove all of theirs, assuming that they actually, they do still have them. Um, and that, that tech is going to get his scanner working soon. Uh, this whole I think the whole like rhythm that we've gotten into of like the mission of the week, I've feel like I've sort of settled into that. I'm really enjoying it. I don't Mm. have any sort of issue with it, especially when we're getting, you know, things like clink in the last episode and we're getting Moochie in this episode. Like I I truly have no problem with this. Um, The Zygerians I think are really, they just look really cool. It's just Mm. a very cool character design. Um, so I enjoyed uh, bringing them back in from the Clone Wars, bringing them into this show. I do want to point out there was one little scene where Omega's sitting on the, the ship and she's... She's got her clone trooper doll that we've seen her carrying around before. Ooh. I think in that previous episode it had white cool. armor. She's painting it black yeah. in this episode and she holds it up to the gonk, who she calls Gonky, which <laughs> I really love. <laughs> Gonky. It's just the best. Um and she says like, "Look, like now she's a bad batcher." And I just love that number one her her doll's a girl. Her, yeah. She's a female clone trooper. Um and that yeah, she's painting her to, to look like you know, the other members. I almost wonder if like we're gonna get an Omega character design change at some point. Maybe they'll like I'm like that's gotta be one thing. They're gonna figure out eventually that this bounty hunter is after her. You you're probably gonna wanna change what she looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe put her in a little outfit so that she blends in with you guys a little better. Um so yeah when the Zygerians board the ship and she has to hide and slip out and then Gonki just kind of sits down and settles in, <laughs> <laughs> in inside, yeah. I like that it looks
0: moments. left to right just goes okay I'm <laughs> it's
3: so good. there's just these little moments of humor that are so delightful um, that I'm really enjoying so yeah I think the um when it comes to like the slave trade question I, I sort of brushed past that kind of thinking it was going to be just like a sort of example of like why omega is you know so curious number one and number two that she's just genuinely a good hearted person hmm. um i didn't think about how this might come back to play later in the season and i think that would be kind of uh fun to see where they not fun to see i guess necessarily but an interesting adventure where they do yes have to make perhaps some difficult decisions um yeah. when it comes to you know how the how the empire is hand or handling the slave trade uh, yeah. in the galaxy and the point that we're in so yeah it's been uh it's been fun the odds question was also great where they're being held captive and hunter's like what are our odds of getting out of this it didn't occur to me until this point that tech is the c3po of the show i was like oh yeah got it i should have figured this out by now we're on episode five but now i know
0: <laughs> uh you know all right shannon what'd you think of some of the seeds that we're laying here also uh, getting the zagarians you're getting another view of the zagarians and bib fortuna showing up for god's sakes uh voiced by matthew wood who had done it uh, who portrayed him in the phantom menace um and he works as a lucasfilm sound editor how's about that i'm making money here and i'm making money here shout out to you matthew wood congratulations uh and he and he played him in the mandalorian for that small uh, uh scene we saw at the end of the last season so what do you think overall about all the actions going on here and omega what is going on there
2: well, literally when we saw the hologram of Bib Fortuna even though we never really saw a, got a full shot as oh, soon yeah. as i saw those nails yeah. i was like oh return of the jedi That's bib fortuna right yeah, there yeah the speech pattern <laughs> alone yeah yeah uh, it, what was really interesting with omega is they're having to explain the concept of slavery to her about mm. people are sold for credits and she's like well that doesn't seem that doesn't seem right and what are clones you know right. what i mean i mean right they are
0: laying the groundwork yeah
2: they are they are sold for credits and i i thought it was uh interesting echo's reaction as well because they're saying we're going to go rescue moochie and tech says and get a handful and get a lot of credits for it and you could tell echo oh, yeah. has an issue with being a mercenary like this is a concept that he is having some some trouble adapting to because just to rescue someone that was captured, you you rescue them because it's the right thing to do, um, and you know that's this is where he differs from the Bad Batch. I mean, I think the Bad Batch are probably having an easier time adapting to this life because they have done all those off the books missions because they're used to they're used to breaking the rules to get the mission done. Whereas Echo is a tried and true soldier. Like mm-hmm. you, you know, you follow you follow orders because that's your job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really, really interesting. When they get to uh, go to rescue moochie um this is the first order of hunters that i've questioned that maybe you don't send the guy with one arm up to climb (laughs) 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 like i get that crosshair would have been that guy in the past but it's just like hey i mean echo got up there pretty quick but at the same same time it's like maybe (laughs) Maybe don't assign the climbing role to a guy who only has one hand. That just seems like I a bad, that seems like a bad, a bad call <laughs> to me. Um, okay. But uh, that species of alien that they are presuming Moochie is, that's the, that's Prince Jizor's species, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. From, from Shadow of the Empire. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the whole, the whole setup of this was great. And what's, what's really fun about the Omega character is, She's not a damsel in distress. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, she she sees what she has to do is kind of like, OK, now I ha- now next phase of the plan, you see that she is able to um, adapt and overcome very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, and to the gonky of it all. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's it's the old Looney Tune turtle trick. <laughs> let, me, let, me yank, let me yank my head and legs in real quick. A yeah, good point. The, the setup for it was great. It was, again, this episode was so much fun.
0: Yeah, we saw the Zagarian's Mike, uh, on in Star Wars Clone Wars in season 4, uh, 11 through 13. There was an arc there with Kenobi and uh, Anakin and Ahsoka, how they went undercover to overthrow the Zagarian slave empire on Kadavo. So interesting to bring them back. Um, how did you feel about this whole sequence and how Omega handled things and how the Bad Batch was so easily taken out? But overall, how this whole thing was set up here for those two things to happen?
1: Uh, I mean, it's all set up great. I mean, the Zygerians are great. I think they're great in Clone Wars. It was great Mm -hmm. to see them back. They make great villains. I mean, they are these arrogant... Like just you just you just love to hate them. Uh Dave, the Zygirian name I think dates back to like some of the Star Wars role-playing games, but when Dave Filoni mm. brought them into Clone Wars, he redesigned them from the way they were described and used like coyotes as uh, an inspiration. Yeah. And I think that like you just sort of see this very predatorial look about them. Like they're just assholes. And to <laughs> Laura's point, they look great. I mean, when you look at any of these aliens or any characters or anyone that's showing up that you saw before in Clone Wars, if you go back and look at the Zygeians. It's the same design, obviously, but you just see how much leveled up the animation has uh, has has gone from where they appeared in Clone Wars to now. They just look fantastic. I mean, it's amazing. Um, it was just great kind of to echoing Shannon's point, like seeing the Bad Batch actually do their Bad Batch thing. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like like we said, like they, they've got a mission, they go out, you go here, you go here. And then just seeing that breeze act sort of like, uh, kind of like floating around in the background, like Echo climbs up and you just see like that arc of a monster. It's just, it harkens back to what makes Star Wars great. It's that mm. sci-fi fantasy, like there's a dragon in the background vibe. Like it just, it all is working so well gonky great like like shannon it it, all of these places to find and this is this is the other thing that makes star wars great like when you think back to like even like a new hope the fact that you can have a high stakes high intensity situation and then find those moments for the funny whether it be 3po complaining or r2d2 being sassy or han solo uh you know with a quip like Finding those moments to, like, find the levity, that's what makes it feel like that, uh, you know, serialized adventure that Star Wars is based on. Yeah. Um, uh, Yeah, and I think that uh, the tech not knowing... Oh, the other thing I wanted to say was, on the slavery front of it all, Mm a couple interesting things. I think that the conversation is really important for all the reasons everybody said. Um, I think, you know, Echo probably feels a bit more strongly about it because even in addition to clones being sort of sold in general he's been used a lot more than most clones were he's mm-hmm. been taken away and used a lot more so the idea that someone taking someone else and doing what they want with them hits harder but i think that this idea about you know him kind of wanting to do it for the right reasons as shannon said and tech pointing out we're also doing this for the money is going to become an issue as they go down like right now sid kind of gave them a eh, go 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 rescue a kid mm-hmm. kid turns out not to necessarily be a kid and questionable what the future of poor Muchi is going to be going back to Jabba's Palace. But this is still a mission where you can kind of be like, well, we were on the side of right. But the yeah. thing about being a mercenary is when you're just doing it for the money, you're not always on the side of right. And so yeah. what's going to happen when, the need, when their needs as a group of people who need credits butts up against, Sid gives them a mission that might not be a mission that Echo or some of them feel comfortable going
0: on. And I think that's where this conversation is driving us towards. That's a great point, Mike. And not even, it it may not even be the other, it may be Omega, who says, we can't do this. You guys have to stop. Omega versus the other four, that could be an interesting uh, situation down the road. Maybe a record needing to step in, in between, ironically, in that situation too de-escalate a situation. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, We're treated to a full look of the Brezak, as Michael mentioned. I described it in my notes as a combo of a flying squirrel and a dragon, but it is a, a, a reptavian, which is a term used to describe a type of animal that is both reptile and avian. It appeared in the Clone Wars, in Slaves of the Republic, that episode there. The Batch noticed that Omega has broken out and has uh, made it over to them as they're tied up, in essence. The head, Zagarian, comes out. It is voiced also by Matthew Woods. So shout out to you, kid. He comes out to enjoy his new fla- his new slaves. Echo pushes back, says the Republic outlawed slavery. And, of course, uh, he, he uh, the Zagarian uh, quickly snaps back. This ain't the Republic anymore. Echo then speaks loudly about missing his gear, and they're missing their gear to kind of signal Omega to go get it. Record distracts one of the Zagarian traitors, and Omega frees whatever creature is in the cage, and we find out immediately it's an adolescent rancor. I don't know about you all, but... I thought he was pretty cute. Uh, And his name is Moochie. That is actually Moochie. The Bad Batch use the distraction to escape. They get their gear. They go after Moochie, but Moochie is laying waste to the Zagarians here. Uh, And the Zagarian trailer flies in, takes out the Bad Batch initially, looks to get the upper hand on the old Mooch, but Hunter recovers, knocks him off his Breezek, who goes after Moochie hunter fights takes out the zagarian meanwhile Echo and omega free the former slaves and omega finds an energy bow which we'll talk about then moochie drives off the brisak wrecker and the moochie go at it to establish the alpha and he finally succumbs to him I call that the Roka moment of the series. Absolutely. Toe to toe. <laughs> who is the alpha? Let's do this. Uh, but Shannon, so much action in this sequence, so much fun moments, but also some serious moments with releasing these slaves. Also, some maybe allusions to what does that energy bow mean? Is she going to be connected? Are we going to see Night Sisters? What are we talking about here? What did you think about uh, all of this sequence here?
2: one i love the Zagarian insult or, or maybe it's a star wars insult oh, if the you're in a Zagarian say skug Scug. Yeah. like whenever you whenever you're fabricating these you know offensive offensive words these these uh, uh alien slang um you know the the success rate is 50/50 Sometimes, sometimes they're kind of dumb. Skug is a great—that's a great insult. You got the hard—you got the hard K in there, Skug. You know, it just—it just—it just just rolls off the tongue. Sounds great. Um, Watching the action sequence again, Omega sees this—this you know, juvenile rancor, and it's just like, oh, this thing will wreck some shit up. Let me just let it out. And then you get—I think Vogel had said it last week the most satisfying action sequences are when everyone has a job to do Mm. and you get to go from section to section to section we watch omega and echo releasing the slaves getting them to safety we watch uh hunter taking on the zagarian leader you know the the knife energy whip fight that's a blast and then you watch uh wrecker and tech Kind of chasing after Moochie, who's laying waste to all of the Zagarians, who then takes on the Brizak, which becomes sort of the Star Wars Kong versus Kong versus Godzilla oh, yeah. for a moment. <laughs> it was just it was just a blast. And then you find out that Moochie's a girl <laughs> um, and just watching her just I just, you know, throwing these guys back and forth and mm-hmm. then seeing Wrecker. <laughs> that that Rancors are essentially uh, the primates of of the Star Wars universe. Like they <laughs> obey to a to a uh, uh, a system, and directly like, all right, I got to fight this monster that he is considerably smaller than. Um, it's just a blast, and you get to the end of that. And they're both just throwing these kind of lazy haymakers that aren't connecting <laughs> till they both fall. And this was another great comic moment when Hunter checks in with Wrecker after the fight is seemingly done. And he's just like, you know, good job, Wrecker. And you just see this thumbs up.
0: <laughs> I mean, that, was just a,
2: that was just a solid sequence. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, uh, Mike, so much action here, but also I think Shannon makes a great uh, point here that everyone knows what their job is throughout yeah. this sequence. They're a, they're a well-oiled unit and what they've got to do here. Uh, so what did you think about overall what we saw here? Uh, just like it's all thrilling and awesome, mm. but like starting with when they're like, we need to
1: get a hold of Omega on the comms and tech just right. sort of looks up and just deadpans the we're not going to need a comm to signal her. And they're all just watching her up here, and you're like, "Oh god!" Like it's just, it's it's like in the it's like that perfect '80s movie moment where kids got to do all the cool action. You're just right. like, "All right, well, she's the one." And then Echo with the plan. I mean, Echo with the hey, lucky we don't have our gear. My brother literally looked at me and was like, "Hey, that was pretty smart." And I'm like, "Yeah." It's like <laughs> it, it signals it signals to Omega what to do, and it also yeah. signals to the audience, which is also important. As uh, Shannon's yeah. talking about the action sequences. It's great when the audience understands everyone's goals. So, Echo, you know, there, there's always the choice that Omega could have just like seen the gear and gone for it. But having Echo call out to her, which is a smart move, mm-hmm. also to the audience goes, okay, I get it. And then another thing that makes Omega Omega is she improvises. Mm-hmm. She doesn't always go with what the plan is. And so she's on her way to do that, sees this monster and shifts gears to an alternative plan. Um, And while all this is going on, just really quickly, the Zygerian thing, this is where, as a nerd, this is just good world building. uh, (laughs) As we're going to explore this era between uh, Order 66 all the way up to Rebels, New Hope, everything else, and you're spinning off other stories, the Zygerian, when he's talking to the Bad Batch... uh, we're not in the Republic anymore, uh, Scug, which is a zygerian specific insult. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're med- you know. With the meddling Republic gone, we can return to Cadova uh and rebuild what was taken from us under the empire we're gonna flourish once again so Mm kidoba was this slave processing planet that we saw in that clone wars arc uh with obi-wan and ahsoka Mm -hmm. and anakin where they like went up against the zygerians and so now you've got this whole idea that like the zygerians are trying to like rise to prominence as slavers under the empire and that's just a rich area of story that they can continue to use in animation so i think we'll definitely see more of the zygerians Um, And then yes, this action sequence, everything that Shannon said, amazing. Uh, You know, We're we're freeing the slaves, Hunter's gonna go fight the Zygerian. We're gonna go up against the Rancor, Moochie going crazy. Everything is hilarious. And then on the Wrecker, Moochie bit at the end. Shannon's right, the thumbs up great. The just like the drunk fighting between the two of them is great. (laughs) But what really is the cherry on top of it, the part to me that makes it just like you nailed the comic moment is when the rest of the batch comes up. Like, we've freed the slaves, the Zygarians are down, and they all just walk up and stand there. They don't dive in to help. This isn't a super intense moment. They just stand there and watch this drunk fight happening. And they're like, so uh, Hunter's like, so how's he doing? And he's like, yeah, it's taking him longer than it used to, but uh, they're getting there. It's, uh, yeah, you know, gotta, you know, gotta get out of here soon. It's going to be dinner time. You think, he, you like, it's just this, like, funny, casual moment that just makes the whole thing even funnier. So yeah. I think that's the thing is that, like, this had, this had this episode was in a Venn diagram of what's great about Star Wars, which is... Awesome action, Easter egg world building, and just falling in love with characters and comedy. This sort of just like nailed it. It was the bullseye in the middle of all three of those things.
0: Absolutely great. Laura, we got the Moochie kind of stuff. Any love for Moochie, Laura? I mean, you love Clink last week. Any love for the little Rancor uh, that you saw here? And also, what you think of the whole action sequence? And what's this deal with the energy, Bo? Why is Omega picking this up? Why is she drawn to weapons? We saw her in Sid's office kind of immediately looking at the weapons, looking at the stuff, touching it, all of that. So there's, she got the blaster last episode. So what do you think about all of this with Omega and this whole action sequence as well?
3: So here's my thing with Rancors, and I've, this is one of the reasons I love Return of the Jedi. It's my favorite mm. movie in the original trilogy. I love Rancors because they are the English bulldog of Star Wars creatures. <laughs> they have Great the point. underbite and the little teeth that stick out on the bottom, and really? they kind of stand like this like they're just very like muscular and top heavy and there's like a couple of sequences where this where this this rancor is like fighting whether the zygerians or whatever and she like whimpers a couple of times and every time my heart just shattered and i just wanted to like hug and squeeze her so she's like a hairless english bulldog and i just love her so so much Um, And so I would, yeah, just somebody get me like a plush rank that I need all the toys from this show. I just need (laughs) it all. I need merchandising to like get on it. Uh, But yeah, there's, there's a sequence at the very beginning of this, of this sort of, you know, section where this one of the, I think he's like the lead slaver, uh zygerion is uh he has an incredibles moment where he starts uh monologuing and Mm. this is when omega is like kind of sneaking over to the rancor cage and all i could think the entire time was like ah yes a classic villain moment and then (laughs) everyone yelling monologuing in the background but uh she goes and she has unlocked the cage lets the monster out And I just love the absolute Havoc that this rancor Like wreaks upon this entire You know Mm. every single person in this In Mm. the sequence we see her mowing Down like Zygerians their Bodies are being tossed in the air like they're Nothing Um, (laughs) and it's just It's just so cute and then she's She's just adorable I just I gotta say I love her Um, Mm. All of you are ahead of me on This the the bow that That Mm. Omega picks up in terms of it Being something related to the Night Sisters. I hadn't Gotten that far in my analysis so I hadn't (laughs) picked up on that i love that there's that connection there but that was news to me so that's that's amazing i'm really really curious to see how that plays out and where she finds arrows for it because in the trailer she does actually use it and we see that she must find them somewhere yeah um but yeah she does run off with it and that's just one little you know furthering the plot along uh i imagine we'll see that play out in a future episode but i love that we get these little hints Mm -hmm. that they they sort of lay these little you know Breadcrumbs throughout the season of what's to come next, right. um, and it just keeps the sh- it keeps me coming back. I'm hoping it keeps other people coming back because it's just really, it's just so fun.
1: Yeah, Mike. and in and que- and question, I mean, like, and I might be reading this wrong, and it might be a Night Sisters reference. And I know that we always, I know, like everybody loves the Night Sisters, obviously, but yeah. it looks like that's. I mean, the Zygerians have energy weapons. They have energy whips, energy nets, and yeah. she's picking up. What I'm assuming is a Zygerian weapon. So even though the Knight Sisters also have bows that they use, it seems like she just finds a Zygerian weapon and is like, this is cool, I'm gonna keep it. And it might just be that, is, uh, okay. is, I'm just, just as a alternative. Uh, Theory to Is there a night sister's connection? Sure. That's the design is different. The night
2: sister mm-hmm. bow is like a proper bow, whereas this has more of a tech, a, a tech look, and it actually has sort of a uh, like a shaft where the where an energy arrow would go. Generally, when you just knock the arrow for the energy bows, the energy it the arrow manifests from the gotcha. energy, so you don't actually then, have to find a quiver or anything. Right. And then ah. just bef-
1: before we dive on, like I think it does need to be said because I was confused about this. So Muchi is not.
0: The rancor in the turn of the job. I was gonna get to that. I was gonna okay, get to don't cool. rush things, don't rush things. But yes, you're <laughs> absolutely right, and uh, you turn you two nerds are probably right about the bow and how that's so <laughs> congratulations. Uh, but I will say one thing and to clarify something <laughs> Shannon said earlier, maybe correct it just a little bit. The slaves that they freed are Phaleen, and Phaleen are associated with the Star Wars underworld, they were first represented by prince zizor in shadows of the empire uh, they could use pheromones to manipulate people so zizor was not a zagarian it was a feline so that's yeah. what you see though those green creatures that you see i don't know if you misspoke on that Shannon. so i just want to clarify in case anybody's going crazy in the chat right now or in the no, comment section no All no right. i Maybe said it was, prince she, zizor. No, it was, was- okay yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, was you right. said it was a feline. You said it was a feline. Okay, I didn't say
2: feline. Sure. I just said the species. Okay. I didn't say it was Igerian.
0: Well, Good. Just want to clarify. If I misheard you wrong, then my apologies. All right, let's move on to our section. <laughs> last section here. We go back uh, to, uh, but we're back at Sids, and Bib Fortuna shows up with some Gamorian guards. Now you can see all of Bib Fortuna seems quite irate. They don't give you subtitles for What he's saying, so very interesting. Is you're just gonna get uh, the the fact that he's irate. Uh, she uh, Sid tells him to be to tell Jabba to be patient, and just then the badge shows up with Moochie. You have a, a nice little reunion for between Bib Fortuna and Moochie, like he actually really cares for this thing. So it's a nice little color to see on Bib Fortuna. And yes, Moochie is isn't the same rancor as the famous one in the uh, Return of the Jedi, that creature was named Patisa. Uh, and was uh, similarly procured by Bib Fortuna uh Jabba's palace apparently has multiple rancors to keep up with the demand for eating people who have been thrown into the pits there you go all right <laughs> sid thanks them and then ha- uh, and then you know pay- uh, sid and then sends Mucci off uh, and muchi has a sweet little moment with Wrecker and Omega there and then rolls on out of there uh, and then uh, sid uh, brings hunter in just hunter into the back to give him some intel on Fennec she says sources in the guild uh, uh, state that she Fennec Shan is working on a direct commission. She can't tell them, she can't tell him who has hired Fennec, but is telling them the situation here. She says they need friends and money if they're going to go uh, up against uh, Fennec Shan, and she gives them their cut. Uh, instead said intimates that if Fennec is after them, they must have something of value, or they must be valuable rather. With a hint that maybe she knows that Fennec is after Omega. Uh, Sid also assures them that she could give them more jobs. There's more where that came from. So maybe we haven't seen the last of Sid. And then Hunter Hunter turns and gives her a look like, what did you say? And Sid assures him not to worry that she's good with secrets and the mystery continues. Mike, we haven't seen the last of Sid, I don't think, right? And so this seems to open the door to, as as Shannon mentioned, an AT mercenary type approach now to the rest of the season. Yeah, uh, well, so first on the Patissa Mucci of it all, mm. I did not know
1: that. So I was with a lot of the internet where I was feeling very conflicted because I was happy that the Bad Batch succeeded, You're right? <laughs> uh, but like this Mucci, who I am with Laura on being the most adorable Rancor I've ever seen in my life, I was like, "Well, are we just watching you go away to to be killed by Luke?" Ah! And even though, and even though, even though they went to great lengths to make it clear to Star Wars nerds that that is not the case, you still are kind of like. All right, you were rescued to go to Jabba's palace, and I, I don't know that that is where. It's like that's like saying, oh, you rescued this adorable pig, send it to the slaughterhouse. You're like, oh, I don't know. Charlotte's Web. So, yeah, fair point. Fair
0: point. So yeah.
1: I'm a little, I'm a little conflicted about it, but I was glad they <laughs> succeeded. Uh, I also like, I, I realized that when Bib Fortuna showed up, uh, and also when it was previously when he was uh, talking to sit on the Hollow. I can't speak Huttese, but I can certainly recognize it. Like, that is a very distinctive language that, like, of all the Star Wars languages that you have, like, floating around, I I can fully nail it. I'm like, well, they're speaking Huttese. I don't know what they're saying, but I know that when I hear it. Uh, Yeah, we've definitely not seen the best. So now we, we got a little bit about Fennec Shan, just contextually. We know that she's new to the scene. Mm-hmm. We know she's already, uh, you know, sort of made a name for herself. And then, yeah, the most important part of this, we haven't seen The Last of Sid. She offers up to Hunter that if you need more money. But then that final dig that sort of just, like, puts everything on edge, which is yeah. you guys must be real valuable. Don't worry. I'm good with secrets. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, man, like... Is where does Sid fall on this? Like how how loyal is Sid? How how uh, how much is Sid just all about? Like what is good for Sid in the moment? And I do think that you know what you're realizing is this mercenary life that they're stepping into. Like they're living in a world where you can't really trust anybody. And ah, previous point, previous Mike. loyalties, previous loyalties from the New Republic or from the Old Republic, sorry, uh, are no longer what they were. Uh, she may have been an informant to the Jedi, but with the Empire being the new power structure, is that going to last? Is she going to do that? Like, So she could just as easily reveal Fennec Shan's location to them yeah. as she could reveal their location to Fennec Shan. So we kind of leave things on a there's a new avenue open to the Bad Batch, but at the same time, that avenue also presents a, a lot more dangers and uncertainty
0: yeah great point uh laura swinging back to you here we do have that great reunion cute little back and forth both between bib fortuna and moochie and then wrecker and omega and and moochie but we also have this little bit of menace that we end on that they are going to need a lot of help here to be able to protect omega so what are they what lines are they going to be having to confront or cross in order to be able to do that uh and that uh, people will eventually be finding out these secrets all over the universe about omega
3: yeah yeah exactly and i'm, I'm very worried about that too what i'm yeah. not worried about though is uh is is moochie i think she's going <laughs> to a loving home sure. i would have been concerned or... about the same thing it appears to me that bib fortuna very much cares for her Yes. Um, because she she seems very you know happy to go with him uh, Malakili is the Rancor Keeper in Return of the Jedi. We mm. get a little bit more backstory about him in the Aftermath trilogy, and we sort of learn that he's cared for lots of uh, Rancors in the past, and he genuinely seems to really care about the the, the Rancor that uh, about Patissa, uh, who we see uh, his untimely death, unfortunately, in Return mm. of the Jedi. But yeah, I- I'm fairly certain that is supposed to be a different one. Number one, because Patissa is male. Yeah. Um, and we, we've got Moochie who's female. So I think that they just kept multiple, I don't, I don't know. Maybe they like being underground. I don't, she just seems happy to go with them. So I'm not worried. I was worried that I was going to have to like put Luke on the most wanted list for killing this precious creature. Um, and I'm glad that I don't have to do that. So I, I think she's going to go to a good home, but I, I, I think with it. in terms of Sid, <laughs> um, there's a very similar character, I think in the book, Black Spire. Um, if anybody oh. who's a fan of Galaxy's Edge has read that for the background information, there there is a similar character that lives in uh, that lives in Batu, okay. and she seems super evil for most of the book. And by the end, we kind of learn like if you just get on her good side. She'll stay loyal to you, and I—I I wonder the same thing as if this is sort of supposed to be the character for that bad batch. Yeah, no. if Sid is supposed to be playing that role, or if it, it's not clear to me if she is going to turn on him because that little moment of darkness we kind of you kind of pick up on right at the end where she's just like, "Oh, don't worry, like I'm going to keep your secrets," and then we just cut to black after yeah. we see Hunter's uh, brief reaction. So it'll be. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I really want to trust her, but also bringing in like Rhea Perlman for something like that is just such a, I think it's such a great decision because I'm total. I'm really not sure what to think. And I'm excited to see her, her whole story play out. But again, I love that we sort of brought a Trandoshan and we brought a Rancor in, and we're showing the like softer, hopefully better side yeah. of these two species that we we have seen in Star Wars before.
0: Cool. Yeah. Shannon, what did you think about all, this whole ending sequence? And the the kind of down note it leaves us on, or the note of dread it leaves us on at the end here.
2: Yeah, I think as a character, like, we've only known Sid a very short time, but it seems like Sid is going to do what's best for Sid. Hmm. And I, it made me think of Benicio Del Toro's character from Last Jedi. It's just like, you know, they blow you up today, you blow them up tomorrow. Like, I'm just... I have to look out for me. And because the Trandoshans do have that reputation of kind of just being evil, I think that's kind of what they're setting Sid up for, is like, you can't trust her because not only is she from this species that is known for being evil, she's literally saying to you, like, I- I'm-, I'm gonna keep your secrets, but she's doing it in a very deliberate tone. My guess is that she is not going to give them up. That's, that's what I'm hoping. Um, but we certainly haven't seen The Last of Her. And as Laura said, the casting of Rhea Perlman, the, her, her being a wonderful actor besides the point that, yeah. that you know, Carla from Cheers. I mean, Carla was never the warm and fuzzy one. Right. <laughs> so the fact that she is playing Sid, um, again, was, was brilliant casting. And I think we will see Sid sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, all three of you make excellent points. I mean, she, she's got to survive in this new post-Republic, in this new empire. So how? Uh, what are the lines that she's going to have to cross herself, as I mentioned earlier, for the Bad Batch to survive? And I think what she said at the end is that I've got this information and I can use it if I feel like it. She's just letting them know, like, yeah. I've got this card to play. And because this is how she functions, right? We've seen this. This is the underworld. We've seen this in numerous shows, regardless of Star Wars or not. That you know, there are characters like this who, who can be, who can broker uh, situations, who can set up situations, and they find a way to stay above it, uh, for sure. But maybe she gets interrogated down the road that could be interesting as they get closer and closer and trying to catch the bad batch. And maybe we see some, some things happen with Sid for sure. So all of that seems to be getting set up here as we go along. So, but I like it. I like it. This, this felt like a very lived in episode, a fun episode. And I'm looking forward to more. Uh, any final words on this one that you guys didn't uh, touch on or anything? All right, Mikey, anything mouth open? Uh, uh, yeah. No.
1: Oh, I did have something I wanted to say, but okay. I can't remember, so I guess I'm sparing you my final thought on that one. <laughs>
0: Okay. All right. Well, uh, I think that's it. Okay, fine. There we go. All right. Thank you, everybody, uh, for watching this spoiler. I was looking through my notes real quick to make sure I didn't miss anything either. I was like, uh, buy me some time, Mikey. Buy me some time. But, yeah, no, good good stuff. Absolutely. So I uh, hope you all enjoyed uh, watching Episode 5 of The Bad Batch. Let us know what you think. Uh, and I hope you enjoyed watching this spoiler review episode. We're doing it every week till the end of the series, for sure. Um, uh, Shannon, what do we have to tell them? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter,
2: it's at geek underscore buddies on Instagram at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you would like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MKTune. If you would like to follow Mr. Roka, it is at the Roka Says. Mikey?
1: Uh, You know, whether you are Trans-Ocean, Zygerian, whatever, we're glad you're joining us on this journey with the Bad Batch. And uh, if you'd like to help us continue to do that, here are some things that you can do. Uh, You can hit that like button below. You can uh, subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page and check out all the other amazing content that he has with me and Shannon, with Laura, with like tons of other people. He's doing all kinds of stuff. He is the busiest man on YouTube. Uh, (laughs) And then uh, leave some comments below. Let us know what you thought. Uh, Where do you? think Mucci is going to end up? Are you worried? Or do you think like Laura, he's going to, she's going to end up in a safe, happy home? Uh, <laughs> let us know what you thought of the rest of the episode. What do you think is up with Omega? Lots of fun, interesting things for us to think about as we keep going. And of course, the best thing that you guys can do is whether you're listening to us on a podcast for Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or you are watching us on YouTube, uh, you can rate us like us definitely retweet repost this video all those things help us find more buddies to join us on our amazing and fun geek buddies
0: journey through this galaxy far far away absolutely i love how laura's worried about the rancor but not what they're feeding the rancor they're gonna feed people to the rancor laura anyway thank you
3: (laughs) (laughs) they asked for it
0: (laughs) thanks laura for joining us again this week please plug everything you got we always love having you on the show for sure
3: Thank you so much. Yeah, if you want to subscribe to the show that I do with my friend Alice, where we drink wine and talk about Star Wars, search for Force Toast, a Star Wars Happy Hour at Apple Podcasts, or any of the places that you find podcasts. Our uh, our show is at Force Toast Pod on Twitter, so give us a follow over there. My handle is at Shut Up underscore Laura. It's right there. And then go check out the show that I do here with John Roca here, called mm-hmm. The Jedi Way, right here on his channel. That's we are true. there uh, every other week, just talking about Star Wars, and it's That's a grand true. old time.
0: Yeah, our last episode, uh, we talked about the journey of Tarkin through Star Wars, a lot of fun, and then got into the J.J. Abram news, got into some of the range of the New Republic news, and the Dave Filoni news. So some current news, along with revisiting the character of Tarkin from childhood to where he ended up on the Death Star and passing away. All right, thank you all so much for joining us here. We love you madly. We appreciate it. Take care of yourselves. Enjoy your Sunday if you're watching us on a Sunday. And uh, we'll end your Memorial Day weekend. And uh, come back and see us for more. A goodness here from the Geek Geek Buddies.